I'm recording this because boom, boom, boom. we need to let people know what I did. Well, we got to do an up. intro also. I know. We, this is the intro, but I messed up at the very end where we usually say goodbye to people and we keep our guest on the line. Yeah, to kind of... I hung up on everyone. <laughs> That's okay. Like you said, Steve, it's this time you get the hat. I yeah. get the hat of the asshole. I mean, the if you idiot. think about it, though, it gave Tony some time to get some feta cheese. I went to the bathroom. It was good. I was converting a file, and I, and I was profi- – dude, I, I jumped on the phone with Tony. I was – I am so sorry, man. I was um, – yeah, I felt like shit. I felt bad. I had a feta cheese pie from the Greek bakery from down the street. Wait, you got a Ooh. feta cheese pie? Yes. What is that? I, what is that? And it sounds delicious. Well, it's – I don't know its Greek <laughs> name, but it has – like I can't pronounce it or, you know, but we have the super high-end Greek – pastry bakery yeah. down the street you know That's so it's a pie with feta cheese with a crust yeah, yeah it's like it's like a feta <laughs> dough and it's got the feta cheese in it oh it has the feta dough the nice yeah. crusty buttery it's really not healthy but goddamn was good yeah. cheese is healthy cheese is healthy butter is healthy it's healthy come on i say among uh, while we're in this pandemic it's pretty much anything goes I'm eating whatever I want to, drinking whatever I want to. It's all healthy. Nice. It's brain food. <laughs> all right, we need an intro. Who wants uh, to intro, take it? Uh, Tully. Yeah, do that. Uh, <laughs> I'm still flustered because I totally hung up on everybody. Tony, you do our, you do the big bottom intro. You do it. You uh, hi, we're the big bottom group. Here we are. Here we are. Tony Paleo here, and we and with us we have Steve Rowley. John. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. John Moody, Steve Araujo. We Big can't have, we can't have nice things. Tell us who we got today. Uh, we have uh, Tully with us, so yeah. you know Tully Kennedy. Tully Kennedy, man, he's um, I never met him before. I didn't know him, mm-hmm. but you guys knew him a little bit better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, super rad, Tully Kennedy, super rad guy, man. Super rad guy, very cool. Yeah. Right. Yep. I mean, talk about experience, road, recording, Nashville. It, it was cool hearing it, hearing the whole, um, how he approaches the recording thing, how it is down there and stuff. That was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised that they, someone who's been playing with that long is using the numbering system. Normally, I wouldn't expect that. I would expect that for like a new artist and off the street or someone that they never rehearsed with. No, no, that's how, about the numbering system for like a guy you've been working with 20 years, you know? No, but that's how they do charts out there. I do sessions for them and they send me number charts. I mean, that's I know the numbering guy. system too. Yeah, so, but, but, but I was just surprised in the band situation. that. That's but that's how they- Oh, because they've been working together for so long. That's what shocked me, yeah. But instead of like a real, like a music chart written out, they get number charts. That's how, mm-hmm. so how, how we would get a piece of written music, you know, Trouble clef, bass clef, they get number charts instead. That's that's the the norm there, you know. That's how they. Yeah, re- no, that's, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. So, but he's been with them, and then, yeah, it was uh, you know, he kind of touched on the the tragedy from Vegas. He was there on stage, like he that, you know, I didn't obviously not delve too much, but that that's heavy, and I'm yeah, sure, it, you know all those guys are okay and obviously just devastated for 
you know, the losses. Anyway, so we, we covered, we covered some good ground, man. He's mm -hmm. a good dude. Super He's fun. A really good guy. Yeah. Uh, been around like road dog, you know, yeah. knows his shit when it comes to bases. He wants to do another one with where he, uh, he said he's got a bunch of vintage bases. Ooh, sweet. So we'll we have could do a big bottom show and tell. Ooh, you know how we love that. Yeah. We always like, like we, oh, hold on. Yeah. Like we need an excuse for, for that. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Um, we also have to talk about who we're brought together today by. We are sponsored by a couple of people, right? Tony. R. Ba -ba -ba Boom. My favorite Italian leather straps. Fantastic. Out of Central California. Italianleather.com. Italia. Uh, Italiastraps.com. Italiastraps.com. Excuse yep. me. So we got to get them. They'll make. Uh, so, Tony, you get custom. So, one thing I'll do that they actually will do custom. Um, I go with set lengths. Uh, I go. like a particular length all the time. And, and Steve does something a little bit different. Look at that cream. Cream. Yeah. And I, I like the suede back. And Tony likes the slicker the leather. Leather back. So they do all that stuff. And they actually, they cut them to order. Um, okay. Which is pretty rad. So it's literally like whenever you place an order, you're getting a, a custom strap. And they've just been fantastic. Super adjustable for me. I kind of like the adjustable because depending on what base I have, I'll either put it in this one or this one. Mm -hmm. You know, Sometimes this one. So it really depends. Usually on my mood. And since I usually play so many of the same size bases, I want that consistency every time. Yeah. I don't even want to think about it. So I don't even know which ones start and finish. I just don't know. Yeah. Oh, grab, go. Yeah, basically the nice thing is is that they, they do whatever you want. And they always have a two-for-one deal. So if you go to italiastraps.com, go on. Uh, you, have to, you have to click around, but they have a code for two-for-one. which They is have a lot bad. of sales. And also, we're going to talk about another sponsor for the show. Yes. Ooh, music area bags. bags. Yeah. We all love our bags. I need to get mine. Fantastic bags. I mean, if Steve's going to do it, I guess I'll run out too. You got to do it too. Yeah, let's go, go do it. Here's the music area. Very Mine's a little fantastic. easier. Super well. Yeah. Ooh, look at John. That's a sexy pose. I like the socks. Uh, well, John, have a little, show those socks again. Show those socks, oh, please, let's see the socks. Hell yeah! All right, so he gets in Bass Player magazine and he gets fancy socks. Boba Fett. Oh, awesome! Do you think will they be able to convert Mr. Rajo to geekdom ever? Nope. I don't know. Nope. I I want to be. If I do convert, I will be. A uh, my favorite Star Wars character will be um, who's the one that's the most hated. That uh, what's Jar -Jar the Star Wars? What? Jar Jar Binks. That one. <laughs> I will get a big T-shirt with Jar Jar Binks. I will get socks with Jar Jar Binks. I'll get. I think you should do that anyway, just to see what will happen, because you'll probably make a lot of people mad. <laughs> like I did with my May the Fourth be with you, and I put up the Spock picture. Sweet. May the Fourth be with <laughs> with you. Star Trek. <laughs> so anyways, all right. So music area gig bags. Um, all of us love the bags. We actually use the crap out of them. We've been using them for over a year now. Yeah, over a year. I travel with this one. Yeah. I like this part. 
See, yeah. we couldn't figure out what that was for, but Tony, you figured out. You so used that. I don't know what it's really meant for, but I know when I'm, you know, I'm not a little guy and I'm on board in a flight and I'm putting this in the overhead. I put my hand in here and I carry it out through that way. That's cool. Because I always have something else in my other hand. So mm -hmm. that's, that's what I do or going through line and so forth. And plenty of room for iPad, strap, a little base head, a DI. Oh, mints. All oh, right, and mints because it wouldn't be Tony if I didn't have like awesome. to eat or whatever. And they're um, they just got they just finished their new website. So musicarea.com. Yep. There you go. Yeah, musicarea.com. You can order right from there. Um, but man, yeah, we've been using them over a year, and and before this whole uh, you know quarantine started, we were traveling with them quite a bit. Yep, quite a bit. So they've held out. And they've held out really well. So that's what we're brought by. Musicarea.com, Italiastraps.com. Boom. Check them out. All right. And, and how else are you boys doing? You guys doing well? Yeah. I've got a cheese pie. And upstairs, yeah. I think there's uh, another Greek dessert for me, actually, that I'm going to be indulging in. So this is what's, the other, what's the other Greek dessert? I think it's called Kharev. I, oh, nice. I'm just going to catch up on some of my reading. Oh! Oh, everybody. John and our John. How come we don't talk about this? And our own John Moody. Yes. So happy and proud, my boy. Yeah. That's our brother right there. John I should have added actually like my finger already in there. But yeah, it is uh, the June <laughs> issue, 396. Wow. With Daryl hey. Jones on the front. Woo! Your page spread of... Uh, what, what technically, what month is that? Is that June, John? It is June, the nice. June issue that just hit. And uh, talks actually a lot about all the stuff I do at GHS. So it's pretty exciting. That's rad. Dude, that's GHS awesome. the best. Yeah, super happy, man. That's awesome. Look at that. Our boy grows up and he grows up. Sorry. So, all right. Thanks, guys. Yep. I guess that's it. So, hey, enjoy Tully Kennedy. Boom. This is the Big Bottom crew, and we had a blast. Uh, and we'll put all the uh, social medias for him. I know he does a lot on Instagram. Yep. Uh, and we got to give a big shout out to the Greek bakery that made that feta uh, dessert. Beef pastries and Peabody, Massachusetts. There you go. <laughs> all right. So, everybody, enjoy the podcast. And I'm going to sign off. I'm not going to end the meeting. I'm not going to hang it's up on you guys. Bad. I'm going to, I know, right? I'm going to end the recording. So, all right. Enjoy Telly Kennedy, Big Bottom crew. Peace. They just make them anyway, like they were holding them as we're playing. So <laughs> we, awesome. we, we each took like, you know, a line of the song. You know, there's sure. 30 of them, 40 of them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but uh, <laughs> just remember that line. Well, I won't back down. No, I won't back down. Exactly. Remember. <laughs> so I just went ahead and started recording right now. So uh, Tony will join us in a second, man. And uh, figure why not? We'll just. We could capture gold here. Who knows? Speaking <laughs> of gold, look at that Aguilar power amp right behind Woo! you. Roger Sadowski just sent that to me. Really? Yeah, he was uh, cleaning out the shop and uh, showed up in my front door. I was like, what is this? And uh, it was, yeah, it was, uh, I guess he was getting rid of it. So threw it, threw it my way. Those are Amazing. badass, man. Those, yeah. are, those are great. Now, those are... Not to diverge, but one of my favorite amps all time is the original DB750. Oh, yeah. That's oh. all I use. I still got uh, so, two, of those on, two of those on the road. 
And then, unfortunately, I lost two of them in the flood here in Nashville. Oh, man. So, but uh, I still use, like, the DB680s, the pre yes. for the studio. Yeah. I got, I got five of those. I got one back there. And then <laughs> I've got my computer resting on one right now. So, Dude, that's, that's a lot of amps. Awesome. That's a lot it's and, a lot of amps, it is. It's a lot of good amps, though, man. Those were awesome. And Tully, meet Tony Puleo. Hey, man, how you So we were just uh, chatting about some of the uh, the stuff behind Tully. Well, I won't bet. That's from Saturday Night Live when they did the Petty song. Without right. Dean, right? That was with Jason? Yeah. Nice, yeah. nice. Well, let's, we'll, we'll do a quick little intro here since we uh, kind of, you know, we're going about this however the hell we want to. This is Big Bottom. Steve Arajo. John Tony Moody. Puleo. Oh, sorry, John. <laughs> That's all right. You already said it. And we're joined by Tully Kennedy, amazing hey. bass player. Yeah, man. Thanks for, dude, really, really appreciate you being on this. Oh, I, I, you guys are uh, awesome. I love this. I love talking bass. Woo! You know. <laughs> yeah, John, who does it? Uh, nice write-up in bass player. Oh, thank you very much. Yes. Yeah, I just, I just got that day before last, maybe. You mean this one? <laughs> I mean, yeah. who keeps that around? Is that right? All right. <laughs> keeping track though, right? Exactly. Dude, we need our yeah. signed copies. What the hell, Eight, man? 10 and 11. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Really good, man. Yeah. Thank you. Thank nice you very team. much. That was fun. Yeah. We're, we're proud. Yeah, that's awesome, man. We're very, very stoked, man. So, um, so yeah, man, thanks for uh, joining us. And uh, oh, yeah. there's, one thing, there's one thing you can't see there. Hold on. John, oh, yeah. hold on. Oh, oh yep. There you go. Nice. <laughs> little, little set of boomers back there. So, right. speaking of, so speaking of GHS, are those your main strings that you use and which uh, which models do you use? What do you prefer? Man, I love GHS. I've been playing okay. GHS for a long time. Nice. Uh, when I was a kid, I was playing the Boomers. Okay. Uh, a lot of Boomers. John recently sent me uh, in the winter on the end of our tour some of the Roundcore Boomers, which mm -hmm. were oh, which were awesome. Um, but it's a it's what I love about GHS. The company is consistent. Like those. Boomers feel the same as they did when I was 15. So in a, in a good way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So they're, they're making a couple of different cores, John? Like there's. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the regular bass boomers are on a hex core. Okay. Which is what, you know, it's industry standard, but. Sure. Yeah. Maybe four or five years ago, we came out with the round core bass boomers. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And um, it was uh, a lot of guys would say they, feel like uh the regular boomers they'll use on stage but then they'll use the round core in the studio just because it doesn't have um that biting top end that they don't necessarily need for like you know in a live thing it'll just help cut through more but in the, in the studio it kind of sits back a little bit interesting i'll have to try those yeah they're great they feel great oh very they feel, cool. broken. They feel broken in right away right. which is kind of cool no yep I'm having a love affair. I keep telling these guys with the super steel GHSs. Mm -hmm. Those are those are like my those are my go-to right now, and they <laughs> sound better the next day. I keep tripping out. I put them on, and they sound good. They they were, but then the next day I'll play. I'm like, this thing's just got more life. It's weird. Anyways, just probably me. I don't know. It's you. Have you tried the progressives yet? <laughs> Have I? No, I haven't tried them. I need to, and I want to try the basics, and yeah, I want to try some other ones, but. I found something that works. I don't know, you know. Yeah. So anyway, so dude, okay, so you're in Nashville. You were on the road. Jason Aldean, that's your yeah. that's your main gig, right? Jason Aldean. Yeah, Jason's a main gig, like, been uh, recording and touring with him since 
we started recording in 99 as a, as a band and learning how to, how to make demos with Jason. And <laughs> it took all those years to finally get to where we are now. But, um, awesome. yeah, that's, that's the, uh, that's the main, the main gig as far as road is sure. concerned, you know, and recording and touring, you know, that's awesome. um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a great ride. Dude, I've seen some of the pictures, man. Some of the, some of the audience, it's just massive. It's just so rad. You're just like, it is yeah huge man yeah it's I, it, and it feels as exciting to me as it did when i was eight in my bedroom <laughs> pretending i was doing that you know that is um, so cool. and it's and what's great about it for us we've been a band from the beginning um the vision always was to to do what Camp and petty did was kind of record with the band take the band out on the road and then back in those days it was different i mean Nash, nashville was different back in 99, you know, what a lot of guitars like that country music was different. Um, so it, yeah, it's one of the stories that it's been a really, really blessing to be able to do this with, you know, the same guys for all those years, you know, a real band where you guys know each other and yeah. Yeah. Okay. We, you hop, you hop on a, you hop on a bus with your brothers essentially. Yeah. And you, you have the arguments in the studio, you have the arguments in the bus. <laughs> yeah. You know, but we're all still here um, and people are still buying tickets, you know, 20 years in, you know, so that's, uh, that's, that's fun. And we have a catalog of songs we can go out and yeah. play, even if we stub our toe on a, on a single and it's not doing well, we, we've got 26 number ones at this point or 25 number ones. Yeah. So you go out and you play your, you know, songs that people know. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. So uh, obviously in with this pandemic going on, the touring stopped, but you guys are still recording and you're going back to recording. And how, how has it been, how has it affected you basically? Well, with Jason, we essentially, uh, we're in the first part of our tour. We, we lost the last three shows because um, everything canceled, um, of course. And then right now with Jason, uh, we're going to be recording in the summer, I believe. Nice. But we've been doing... You know, we also produce, uh, me and Kurt, the guitar player, mm -hmm. produce and write for BMG wow. um, as writers. And so we've gotten some new acts we're working with. So we've been able to do tracks. Um, I got a rig at the house. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so we get as much done as we can like this um, for now. That's and then good. in June, we'll be tracking uh, Jason's producer has a label, so we play on the records that he's producing as session players. So we still do that um, for Michael. So a lot of that in June, but yeah, just mosh pasta, every, everything right now. That's awesome. Oh, man, I'm glad. That's great that you, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. keep him working and able to do that. And especially doing the producing and recording at home. What's your, uh, what do you got as a home recording rig? What do you use? It's Pro Tools. You know, just get on Pro Tools and swapping files back and forth. Yeah. Uh, and it's been fun because I've had time to like really dig into like grab all my bases and like sit <laughs> here for a minute and be like, wait a minute. Okay. Let's just go through every base and see which one fits yeah. in the track the best. Cause in the studio, you're like grab a bait. You know, you don't have that sure. time, yeah. especially with Jason. We track really fast. Like we, his producer is all about feel if it feels right. He's not like a, a technically music producer. Okay. He's more of like a Rick Rubin type wherever like of it, if the vibe is right, you go with it. Nice. But a lot of times those records, like me and Rich, the drummer, we'll, we'll only get 
maybe three takes tops. Wow. So it's like, grab your bass. If it sounds good in the cans and it feels good, you better be ready to keep it because Michael's going to want to keep it. Yeah. You know, but home, <laughs> I can sit here and like look at waveforms and just you know, get nerdy. So yeah. Yeah. And move stuff over left, right or wherever. That's right. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I think it's important to know, I mean, us being bass players, I mean, we, you know, we're, we're at the helm of where we hear everything most of the time. Right. And, and having that recording, I, I think that's an important thing to do. And all of us here do yeah. our recording at home. And I think it's just, it, it's, it's fantastic. It's fun, man. And like you said, it's like, you know, nerding, total nerding. But, out. And you know, as bass players, like we have the, the torture of hearing every note, right? So like if a bass <laughs> isn't, if the bass isn't responding, even for some reason, nothing more annoying than when a note is like not even, <laughs> you know, so you, you know, so you can sit there and like, you know, obsessed. And I'm, I, I like, I'm a perfectionist. We all are. I think as bass players, you're playing each note and you want to play it clean and you want it to be solid, mm. you know, which is, on a bass is like the most important thing for me on a bass is how even the instrument is Yeah, up and down the neck, you know, no dead spots, hot spots, yeah. stuff like that, you know. I'm a compression freak because I want that evenness all the time. I, mm. you know, more so than these two other guys, you know, I, I, I record, you know, most guys when they go in the studio, they're not adding, they're adding the compression on the back end. I commit to it going in usually. Right. Yeah. I want that. I want to hear my monitors like a machine. Yeah. And I think the fun part of that is like every producer is different. Like with Jason, the guy that engineers our records is named Pete Coleman and Pete did all the old Blondie records, the knack, all that stuff Man, overseas. Speak. So we still cut our records that way. Like we don't cut the Pro Tools. Okay. Uh, Pete is very like, he won't, I, I don't compress in my end with him. He does it all in the back end. You know, he doesn't want that. He's very particular about not being particular. Sure. <laughs> if that makes sure. sense. He, he throws some 57s up on the guitar rigs um, and we go and, and it, like and some producers want you to do more compression or not. I, I'm, I generally don't on my end, but I'm not against it either. You know? So as long as it sounds good on the record, it's my main, main thing. Well, it sounds like you're capturing a real live, like, like a live thing. Like a lot of those old records were, you're not in you know, a moment. Like moment, you have to exactly. be, you're in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And, making Jason's records really is like we, like I said, we cut to radar, which is an old format. Um, we don't use pro tools. So radar, like, uh, you know, if I want to change a, say I hit a, a, a note, I don't like in the chorus. Yeah. It's not like I can just go like I'm at home and grab that bar. Like you're going to grab, it's like punching on tape. Like you, need, <laughs> you need a good in and a good out. Right. Yeah. So you better do the whole course again, you know? So you got to, it, it's exciting. And, and, um, with Jason in that way, but you got to have it together like by the third take, you know, and generally we don't know what we're going to cut till we get in there. <laughs> so you're given a chart, you know, a number chart and sure. you better create in between those numbers quick, but that's, that's the fun part of it. Yeah. You know, the hot seat, you know? And then again, you're a band, you guys know each other. So you kind of right. know the isms, you know, so that, exactly. that's, you guys really speak that same language, you know, that family, which is, which you don't see a lot of nowadays. No, and it comes in handy in all facets, like the making of the records, 
the uh, touring, yeah. you know, living on a bus together, yeah. all that stuff. <laughs> Even after what happened in Vegas, like getting through that together, it was like having guys you've been with for 20-something years, be able to be able to go back and pick up after that, you know? And then, you know, so it's all, it's all been great. You know, very fortunate in that end of it. That, uh, yeah, that, that really was devastating. I can't even imagine, dude. I can't even imagine. Yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, went through. Yeah. And I, like I said, I, on our Texas morning, I got, yes. you know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I don't mind talking about you guys. You guys are you know, brothers in arms, essentially. So it's just a crazy thing. Like, and I think the most frustrating thing for it was like, you, we didn't know what was going on. Yeah. You know, we have inners in and a lot of stuff going on and like, it's just so confusing. And then the, uh, the senseless tragedy of the whole thing is just, just mind numbing. Like, yeah. like why it doesn't have to happen. Why, you know, um, but we were very lucky. You know, we all made it out um, somehow, you know, thank God, man. That's yeah. And it was crazy. Cause I didn't even put two and two together until our text. I was like, Oh you guys were there. Like, I, I just, you know, yeah. Anyways. So I, I'm, yeah. Glad you're, you're well. And oh, yeah. Must have been, Thank you. Yeah. So, all right. So nerdy stuff, you guys got a, let's talk gear and uh nerd. I want to ask one question Tony about to bring um, up the DI question. I know. <laughs> Before that, I heard the numbering system. So is Jason using the Nashville numbering system in the studio? Yeah, when we when we go to make a record, so essentially, like before we cut, there'll be fifteen songs, okay, that he's got what we call on hold in town that he likes or we written or he's written or whatever, um, and we'll show up at the studio, not really knowing what we're gonna cut. Like his his producer holds those pretty close to the to himself till we get in there and cut. So we'll show up and there'll be. Generally, uh, a session in Nashville is three hours. Okay. So we'll show up for the morning. Uh, we'll do two to three songs in that first session, whole complete songs. But we won't know until we get there. So there'll be a bunch of number charts sitting there. And we'll just start with song number one. Um, and that's how we operate here in the session world. It's like a very quick um, yeah. national numbers. I learned that. I moved here in 96. And it's the first thing I kind of learned when I first, I, I moved here to kind of planned session. So I, I was picked up a, a little reading book on it and started to go to town, you know? It's cool. So, but that's how we operate here as far as that goes. Yeah. It's not like we set up and rehearse for a week, mm -hmm. you know, like in the old days, rock bands, you know, or we had these huge budgets. Uh, we just go in and start playing these numbers down and try to try to get something that sounds cool. You know? And then, and how do you, do you use uh, the Aguilar stuff? You go direct, you got a, like a ready or what do you? Man, I, I use, I use my 680, DB680, okay. which they don't make anymore. It's a great pretty, it's great. And then I've got, I'm right next to me. I've got like a, an old DB900. Yeah. Old, uh, I can't plug it right now, but it's right, yeah, right. Yeah. old, you know, oh, yeah. DB900s. And I'll, and I'll yeah. in the old days, I would car an amp in. Yeah, but now I split it between the, the DI mm -hmm. and the 680 because the two DI is pretty like gritty, yeah. and the pre is clean, so it, it yeah. seems to really work out. Um, and that's kind of our like 
the, the fun thing about producing acts is that you can have total control over where the bass is and everything. When you, yeah. when you hand the, the sessions done and you leave, it's in the hand, and you're not producing it, you know, it's in the hand of the other mix engineer for Jason and his producer. Mm -hmm. So I just want to make, and I, and I have no really say over where it ends up, you know, it just, you know, I, on, on Jason's sessions, I, I play bass, you know, I'm not producing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it was nice to know that I've got my basses covered though with one sound that's a little more gritty, one sound that's clean and let the engineer do their thing, you know. That's cool. and we have great engineers that work with us, so they, you know, they get what they need usually. Yeah, I think you guys have some good people out there. <laughs> out in Nashville. Yeah. There's a couple. You know, there's a couple. It'll work. <laughs> It'll work. But, you know, bass, you know how bass goes, though. Like, if something's screwy in the mix, the bass is the first thing to go down. Yeah. Like, if something's not jiving in the mix, like, so it's important that I know what I'm sending. Sure. My, my theory is if it sounds good in my cans, then it's, then it's going to sound good. That's all, and that's all I can control at that point, you know? Um, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, and that's where Peter comes in handy, making all his records all those years, how to get the bass to cut through the kick. When we first started recording with Jason, I, I'd, I was frustrated by Peter because he would, it always, he used so much top end, but then it made sense to me. Like when the record came out, I was like, oh crap, I can hear every note. Yeah. Even the, even the ones that normally wouldn't make it are making it. So I, I, I get that. So. And what are your, uh, Tony and I kind of briefly talked this morning. We talked about our, and actually John, to all of us have a, uh, a love for PJs. Yeah. That, mm -hmm. And, yeah. and Tony was like, Oh man, I was looking at Jason, some of the stuff and PJ, I go, yeah, PJ. Oh, <laughs> PJ, I gotta tell you, like, and there's a lot of great bases out there. I mean, I mean, I've I've got that one here. I mean, I love them all, but the the PJ thing has been my. I've been working with Roger since probably '99, yeah. Sadowski, yeah. and uh, the PJ thing for me it just works, um, just with the way his preamp is mm -hmm. on those bases. For me personally, I just got really used to that thing. Um, and you know how it is sometimes being comfortable. It felt like his bases feel like fenders in a, in a good way, familiar, you know. Um, but the preamp is so is, for what I do and, re, and the way we record here, it seems to fit for what I hear, you know. Got um, but but yeah, PJs. I've, I've always I've always liked those, you know. Yeah, it's the best of both worlds for sure. You know? Yeah, if yeah. In that, like you said, there's a sonic space and take an old p bass and it usually will fit it's not the most beautiful thing by itself you know and then right. the jay kind of i don't know kind of brings it brings this other dimension to it so yeah 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 and i find that whatever i if i need something different i'll grab i got some four string p just straight p bases with flat wounds yeah and that covers that base for me that 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 space sure um whatever the, if i'm missing something you know or it needs to be a little more old school you know, I have that to go to. I have, I have just some, you know, sitting here looking at a, you know, it's a reissue P bass I love from 20 years ago. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. And you just go and it just feels right. The Fender thing is right for a reason. Absolutely. You know, you know it seems to work, especially with flat ones for, for me yeah. like that. What are you typically taking on the road with you? Like tell, tell us about the stable you're using on, on the, the road. On the road, I'm taking 
about three PJs, uh, a 24 fret modern Sadowski, uh, this GNL right here that I love. I've got that down a whole step, which really works for those pickups. Um, going down the whole step is just, it just, it's amazing. The fundamentals amazing. Um, taking a five string jazz and about three P bases, got a couple Fender P bases and a Mulan P bass. Um, that really sounds great with flat miles. Like it's just one of those things, just a good bass, you know? Um, but I end up taking way more than I use because at the end of the day, I'm sitting there with a trunk full of bases and I'll play a, you know, a PJ, then a, a tuned down PJ on stuff. Yeah. And then just for fun, I'll grab, you know, make my tech, give me something else. I'm like, why am I making him work this hard? You know? mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's fun to take stuff out. I mean, you, you guys, as, as bass players, I mean, for some reason, I, it's a good thing. Like we like to play different bases. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a serious stable. That's a, what they call the boats, you know? The boat, yeah. The boats, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, went, I had two boats for a while, and I, <laughs> and I had to stop the madness. I really did. Two boats of bases, I was start, it was starting to become an issue with the, with the production guys. <laughs> was, nice. You you're, know. Like, you're only playing four of these. Why are you bringing 20 bases? Like, <laughs> well, it's because I told him, I said, well, sound check, I want to play these bases. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Surpri do you ever do, like, surprise me? Just grab one. No, that, that no. Weird, but sometimes sometimes i'll tell him my tech i'll be like and brian loves his name he's great he's so patient with my ocd i'm like <laughs> so on these two songs tonight i'm gonna play my five string p straight p and he'll start walking out to me and i'm like i'll wave him off like never mind this sounds great <laughs> so <laughs> getting a little silly yeah you know but i i uh, think we can all relate i think we're all like oh, yeah. uh, do oh my god I, i'd oh, probably yeah. do the same yep Absolutely. right right and just you know so have, uh you guys all been holding up well during all this yeah you know all things considered yeah yeah well, we healthy. we got back into uh the ghs office last monday oh nice okay. yeah so uh last week was a very small crew but then uh as of wednesday this past wednesday uh we're back up and running 100 percent Oh, wow. Incredible. Yeah. I think we're still easing back into the uh, thing here in Nashville. I think we're like in phase one or whatever that. Okay. Yeah, we've still got a ways to go, but they just, that was the new thing. They opened up manufacturing. And then I think Monday is when the uh, big three auto companies um, fire everything up in Detroit again. So nice. Okay. Right. Yeah. We're still completely closed down in Massachusetts, but. It's a small state. New Hampshire and Rhode Island are starting to open up a little bit. So I'm like, yes, I can go get a haircut. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I just Tony's going across yeah. state lines for a haircut. I never thought I'd hear that. I, I truly am. So I'm from, I'm from the New England area originally. So I was just talking to my, my dad up in, uh, he lives in Peterborough, New Hampshire. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I did a gig in there in 96 because the, uh, the Peterborough Playhouse. Yeah. Up there, yeah, I did a uh, summer stock thing there. Yeah, so. Are you I, from there originally? I am from Lake Placid, New York. Oh, okay, okay. Um, my dad moved to Boston when I was like two or so. So I've always, you know, and I you know, basically live across the uh, Lake Champlain from uh, Vermont, essentially. 
So I'm like an hour from Burlington, Vermont. Um, that's kind of northeastern tip of New York State, New England area, all that, you know, up there. So I used to gig up that Lake Placid area a lot. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's where I grew yeah. Oh, there were so many places to play. I mean, that's where I started playing music when I was 14. I was playing out in bars at that point. It was like uh, all kinds of places to play music. It was great. It's still kind of is. Because you're driving up there, I'm like, where am I? I look like I'm in some enchanted forest. The next thing you know, <laughs> you open up, it's like, Pow! I'm like, oh, wow, okay. This is like uh, Vegas in the mountains. You know what I mean? Yes. That's funny. I'm, I'm the only one that's true West Coast, born, raised California, Southern California. So I'm like, man, I don't. I, I can't even picture back east, but I want to. I want to go back there, you know. And You're spoiled by the sun. I, I am way yeah. spoiled. I am truly – I tell these guys that if it drops below 60, I'm cold. And yeah, Tony and I send him pictures of, like, when we're working out outside, and we're like, it's right. an awesome day. It's sunny and 48. And Steve's yeah. like, nope. Tap out. I Six and a half months of winter. <laughs> I, would, I would die, man. I'm happy in 80 degrees, you know. It's just nice out, but, yeah. Steve, it's called spoiled. I'm spoiled. I'm lucky. I'm fortunate. Very, very fortunate. I look at it that way. And GNL, like, well, where I live, Southern California hasn't, it's almost, it's been a lot less stressful. I mean, we have to wear masks, but it's not, some businesses require them, but some don't. So there's not, nothing's really been super strictly mandated. Gotcha. Um, LA is definitely a lot more. Um, yeah, just because of the sure. population, you know. And GNL, we we started ramping up this last week, but before that, we were pretty skeleton crew. So we were producing some some stuff here and there, but we were we were pretty down. But you know, fortunately, knock on wood, thankfully, everyone was healthy. So yeah, that's good. It. Oh, by the way, Tully, did you go to Nam this last year? I didn't. I'm always on the. I'm always miss it. Um, well, you probably I'll, got lucky this year. Yeah. You. Uh, yeah. Because literally, I mean, all of us have talked, all of us were yeah. there. Everybody was exposed. Yeah. COVID. Yeah. Guarantee 100%, you know, and yeah, a lot sure. of us got sick afterwards and could have had some strain or whatever. So I, I know that just from everybody traveling, it, it, all of us were exposed. Whether yeah. I find it crazy that people left downstairs on stretchers. Yeah, there were some, you know, that downstairs area. Have you ever yeah. been out, no, have you been out here for Nam out in Anaheim? I haven't made it. Okay. No. There's a, there's another hall, right? That's downstairs kind of for maybe the guys that are just coming in lesser known international companies. Import companies. A lot of import, import companies. companies. Mm -hmm. and there were some people that were really sick there to the point where they had to call. Wow. So I've got some friends out in LA that swear that it's been there a while, you know, just, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm sure, you know, but, who really knows? <laughs> hey, we're, all we're all healthy. Our family's healthy. Yeah. And, and, you know, hopefully this is get, – we're getting over it. Yeah. And we'll move on. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Thank God. All right. Amp-wise, what, what is your go-to? I mean, obviously, Aguilar, is that your main – Yeah, it's my main amps. Yeah, Aguilar. On, on stage with Jason, uh, I used to have massive, you know, like – two, four, 12 cabs blowing and yeah. now, but with the in-ears, um, we use ultimate ears, yeah. uh, in-ears mm -hmm. and, and they sound so great. Uh, I've got basically 
uh, two single 12s behind me. It was 750. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh. And oh. that's that's what I I can feel it great up there, you know. Um, and our stage sounds so clean now that it's it's really uh, sounds great in the ears, and then feeling that through the amp and. I love, I'm still a sucker for the 750s and the Aguilar stuff. And just, like I said, I'm, I, I feel like I'm just really used to that thing now and I know what I can get out of it. So <laughs> the, the Amp Quest stopped for me many yeah. years ago. Um, that's so. one of the best amps, that, like for me, that's one of the yeah. ones that I, that's, that original DB750. Yeah, they're, they're great. And the, yeah. original, and the original 412 cabs are special. Yeah. Oh, the GS series? Yes, the original ones. I had uh, again. I lost a lot of that stuff in the flood, but uh, had the like three original. You know, they're, they're stacked up, yeah. and they were God. They sounded good. I mean, man, there's good stuff. So, are, are the twelves that you're using the GS one twelves or the SL, the Neo or the regular older one? They're, they're older ones. Yes. The yes. GS. Oh, the DBs. Yes. Oh, either oh, I, the DBs are killer too. Ooh. I, I, I've got stockpiles of the when we of the older stuff in storage so i didn't lose it all but i'm just you know the, i always go to the older stuff if i can i don't know why it's probably because i'm old so what <laughs> uh, it sounds i mean I, I i tried the neo stuff the sls and it just wasn't it didn't float my boat as much as the gs's and the db's i just prefer i prefer those old ceramic ones and that gs 112 and the db 112 are Again, some of the best sounding little 112 cabinets. I mean, they kind of uh, changed. They mm -hmm. kind of changed the game for smaller that that compactness. I mean, I know there were other people making them and stuff, but that that GS and that DB. I, I don't know. That was kind of a, a bit of a game changer, you know. Yeah, before mm -hmm. Aguilar, in the in I went to Aguilar, I believe in like 2000, 99, 2000. Mm -hmm. I used the old Eden stuff. Yeah. Okay. They made great those original ported cabs those old cabs for the 410 cabs yep uh with the traveler 400 i think it was yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know the old stuff great stuff but i remember when i discovered aguilar i was like wow this i just felt that whatever tone i was getting from my hand was coming out of that speaker yeah yeah um and, with, I, and heft, I would, with heft with like that heft. 750 has this like just has this meat yeah. behind it behind every note you know they handled the low B string really well and it felt tight. So for me, it was like, oh, this is cool. I'll play this, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> do that. What are you using for DI Live? Are you taking a DI off the head or are you using this? DI Live, I'm taking my another 900 Live. And our front of house guy um, likes to split that with an Avalon just because oh, yeah. they're Ooh. so clean. Oh, okay, so, okay. So that. You know, my 900 with the Avalon, and that sounds great out front. Like, it really cuts through, like, we got a great front of house guy. Chris Stevens is his name, and he, every year we try to make things even better. And I, I can go out there in an arena, and I can hear even the low notes clean. Wow. So it's, nice. it's, you know, it's it's a nice thing to know that when you're playing, you know, it, it's making it out there, mm -hmm. you know, that he can you know, get the tone that he needs. He's great at making sure that the bass lives in a space, its own space, you know, which is nice, nice to not worry about when you're playing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, nice. Yeah. Um, cool. But yeah, I mean, the, the stuff on the road is pretty simple. 
Like it's just, these 900s are great. I take the 900, that's all I have in my in-ears is my 900. Ah. So this sound, sounds really, really pure. I don't compress at all cool. out there. I let them do it out front of house if they need it. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I don't want to get, I don't want to get too, squash it too much before he gets it, you know? Yeah. Out there. Because every day is different on the road. You're, we're in an arena one day and the next day is a big shed outdoors <laughs> where the bass response is completely different, yeah. you know? Um, so having, him having that freedom is, is important, you know, to take what he needs that day, you know? Well, and a lot of us, you gotta, you know, we trust these things. Right. Think, mm -hmm. You know, that's right. like the, that's like home base right there is right. this and, and this. Yep. So you kind of know, you know, yeah. I call it your, your own personal sonic signature. That's it. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. it. It's exactly, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. You know, it's a good way to put it. That's the rad thing about bass players. Like you can give 10 bass bassists one bass and it sounds 10 different ways. And you always know who's playing that bass. Like, oh, oh, that's Tully. Oh, that's John. Oh, that's, you know, you just, you know, and it's, and it's just rad. I, I don't know. I think uh, bassists are my favorite. <laughs> I love and I, I love I love talking bass so much. Sometimes oh. I'll have these guys kind of DM me on Instagram, and they'll be like, "Hey, you know, I love this the song," and I'll be like, "Hey, call me up. You know, we'll talk. I'll just talk to Bill. I don't even know on the phone. I'll be like, "Hey, sure, Bill. Nice. Yeah, just nerd you know? out, man. You I, sound I like it. us. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, we're all cut from the same cloth. I think you know what I mean. Oh, that's yeah. how we all started. Yeah, Tell you, like like you know, we all worked in the industry. You know, knew each other. And then at NAM, we started getting so geeky about it that we, for like the last two years, we had the big bottom chat. And we're like, which is great. It's great. We had, like, a, we, we, we need had to a, take this to people. Yeah. You yeah. know, the yeah. other bases want to know what we're chatting about. So we have, a, we have a, a text thread that goes back like two years where we're just like, dude, you try this. Oh, hey, well, and it's just talking shit, you know, just whatever mm -hmm. we want to talk about, nerding out on base stuff, especially base stuff. But you know, it's it's pretty funny, and we're like, well, we need to. Well, it's because we're all we're all we've got. Because yeah. if you go if you go to a session, no kidding, they spend about ten seconds getting the bass signal up. Okay, they'll spend two days on a snare. No shit. Yeah. They, da, sorry. Da, da. They'll you'll you'll come in and they'll be like, yeah, we're going through this snare, or you know, the guitar players are trying different picks or something, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you you get forty five seconds to get your signal up and make sure the level's good and. So talking bass, it's all, yeah. who else is going to talk bass except us? Fucking you want to hear the, the guitar player sometimes going, let me try this mic. <laughs> yeah. Right. Move, move the mic a quarter inch to the other side of the cone. Let's, let's do that. You know, it's like, no. 20 yeah, minutes all, later. <laughs> isn't there a comedian? Isn't it, is it the guy that did Mr. Bean or somebody that did that, like a parody on that where the drum, like you said, the drums take a fucking hour and then bass is like, okay, level great. Check. Yeah, it works. Next. Yeah. Like, so, like, really? Come on, man. Give us a little bit more. So we're like the, yeah. That, yeah. That's what it is. That's our, that's our lot in life. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, talk, talk and bass. And what, what else are we going to do? I mean. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You what, what, that, what we first talked about brought us together was, like, just DI. We're all DI geeks. John, right. Steve, and I were all, like, did you try this thing? This does. Yeah. This what, is, do you, what are you guys' favorite DIs? Oh, I knew it. I'm just going to bring that up. Fuck yeah. 
That is that. That yeah. is the one ready. Of, one of the best. Ready, yeah. One of, there's a there's a lot of other. The other one. Um, My live one now, which I just started using before COVID happened. It's just so I can mount it to a pedal board. Oh, yeah. Is um. Oh fuck yeah, that is an awesome one. Mm, that's a good one. And I then really I love it. another A design one. Is this the KGB? That's pretty badass. I got a KGB. Up. Yeah. I actually should should just send one out to you, Tully, just to check out. Just yeah, that'd be great. Out. Yeah, mess with it because it's really good. But um, Red, the Reddies are great. I've used those a bunch. Oh like, man, that's a great just, Yeah, it well, it's like your like your nine hundred. Just plug in and it just works. Like there's there's really just sounds good. There's right. and I can't define exactly what it is with the Ready, but I know that when I don't record with it. I don't like it as much. And I plug right you ever do multiple signals and then take a look at what the ready looks like compared to everything else in Pro Tools? No. Oh, you The signal more. looks significantly different. Yeah. Like stronger? Thicker. Yeah. Thicker. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. See, you're staring something at waveforms. Something with the harmonic content <laughs> on that. You know, and that's funny is the closest one I found that does that uh, without a tube is the Neve. I got to try that Neve. I got to check. It was good. Out. It was one of those when they gave me the thing to do the demo of. I was kind of hoping they'd forget about it, so they'd let me keep it. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I'm an Eve artist now. Yeah. So, you know. Have you guys recorded with the old 680s at all ever? VB 680s? No. But, no. If you ever see any lying around on sometimes on Craigslist or yeah, Reverb you know, or something or yeah, they'll be out there. Pick one up. Usually, guys are selling them for about a thousand bucks. They'll make them anymore, but right they are very special always hear good things about them all the time mm -hmm. they're very it's not an aggressive sound and it's not like the the 900 where it's like you know you're you're driving the tube but it's like it's it's pretty good it's got a really unique thing to it i've always i've always used them in the studios you know you have a couple but of those laying around yeah i've got i've got two in cartage uh for sessions and i got two here at the house um and i keep one like if i got to do like a home demo somewhere yeah, yeah. small such a thing i'll just grab it and go you know um again just because i'm just i know what i'm going to get out of it it's like if you got a piece of gear that you may have 10 pieces of gear lying around but you know that one the best i you know what i mean whether yeah. it's a ready or whether it's a countryman or I don't, you know, some guys just are old school you know but yeah you make it work so those countrymen's work they're good. They never, I mean, they're fine. Yeah, it just depends what you're going for, what base yeah. you're using. And, yeah. You know. But now I want to start hunting for one of those old 60s. You know, I, I just had a look at something right here. Jeff Jenkins was telling me about, uh, we've been geeking out lately about DIs. You know, the next good guy. Yeah, I know I know Jeff a long time. Okay. Yeah, Jeff's a good guy. We, we've been, uh, he's been my pen pal lately. <laughs> been, yeah. been right he's like, Tony, did you see this? I'm like, nice. Jeff, I got to bring you on the podcast soon, right? So what is he? I'm not familiar. What does he, um, what does he do? Or maybe Jeff, I've known Jeff. Yeah, what uh, is Jeff? Is he? He's, he's a bass player, but he, okay. he's, uh, I met him, God, when we first did one of our early tours, like in first headline tour, it might've been like an 06 or something. He was playing with an opening band. Uh, that's how I met him. But he's a he's a he's a great guy. Cool. Loves he's loves. Super days. nice dude. Yeah. Super nice dude. Good guy. Um, he's telling turning me on about the Acme's. I just had to figure that, bring up oh. a picture, you know. Dude, wait, wait, wait. The Acme is a that is a rabbit <laughs> hole. You, I, I, dude. 
that's a fucking rabbit hole because there's different iterations of that box. I've gone when down Steve that. Steve warns you of a piece of gear. Dude. Instead of enables you. Because there's there's these, I forget what it is. There's like yeah, He's got a couple of versions dude, here that he's like showing me. He's like, this is the WB3. And yeah, because because what they did is they went back to the, to the original box and there's a bunch of controversy with which transformer they used. Was it a Lundell, blah, 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 whatever. And different people, yeah, it, it's, it's a fucking rabbit hole, dude. I warn you, but it's, but it's fun because, but it's fun because you get to learn the history of that Motown, those sessions and this Acme box that they've been trying to reproduce. And I think that some of those transformers, like I said, I went down the rabbit hole a few years ago. Some are available. They aren't available. You can find them sometimes. Some people are reproducing them. Then some people say that they have the original one. So yeah, have fun with that one. Let me know. <laughs> he just Show gave me. No, I'll tell you what, Steve. Yes. I'll send this to every all all you guys afterwards. Okay. Yeah. Uh, tell you, I've got your email. So I'll send it. He gave me Thank a big write up about the A B and the testing and the differences between them. He just gave me like a book. So yeah, he it, lives in the rabbit hole. No, that's down. Steve's, 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 yeah, I'm already in it, uh, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, this is this is deep. No, it's heavy shit. It's the same as going, you know, like going down the Fender Leo Fender like original. It's that rabbit hole, but it's awesome because getting those box that's kind of rad. I think it's. I mean, I would want one. I don't have one, but I'd love to get one with an original Transformer from back then. You know, it'd be pretty rad. Then I would sound just like James Jamerson. Right, because that's all you needed. That's all. You needed. <laughs> he's he's all about that. The fat boy and the uh, Rupert Neve design. Okay, so. so the fat boy. Tell have have any of you guys tried the fat boy di? I've been wanting to. I have not. They're made. I messed with it. Uh, I'm, I'm messed with it for a minute. Um, it's great. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm really. I think over the past few years, I've really leaned on more of the base itself versus the di thought process for me mm. because I I feel like I'm so. Like it's like I'll grab my 900 or I'll grab something. So I'm, I'm looking, I'm finding that it's lying more in, in the base that I want to play that day than what I could get out of a DI. Um, just because of the way we're making music, music today, like you're dealing, at least in our genre, dealing with more program type music. Um, less music is made, even with stuff we're doing, isn't like we're going in and playing live, like just without, there's loops there now, there's, big 808 drops there's popular music is changing so even if i what i found is even if i capture the tone that i i love out of a di and a peat bass with flat wounds going for the old school thing the way it's being mixed today will be manipulated into a sense that it may not be exactly what's coming off that di right mm -hmm. they may add a lot more to cut through the bottom of the loops and the, and the 808s and all the sub stuff the the synth per se sure, so sure. i'm i'm 10 these days when i record to, to to grab the stuff that i know sounds great and then let it's going to be manipulated so i i try not to like change a lot of stuff at least then i know i didn't change it on my end <laughs> you know right, like if, that's, right. if, that's, that's a that's a great way to think if i experimented yeah. I, you know i'll do a lot of that at home like on my home rig i'll i'll grab new stuff and see what works and what doesn't. But when I'm on a session that I'm not gonna have control over, 
I don't want to be caught in the middle of a track, not loving what I'm doing with no time to change it. Mm. So if I can't live with something for a good bit of time, I'll, I'll grab my stuff that I've been playing with. Like you guys have your go-to stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. ready know, for if, you were gonna, if you had one, you know, if you had an hour to do a bass track, you're going to grab subconsciously. You're going to grab, you won't experiment at that very second, you know? Yeah. No. So, but, uh, but that's why I don't try tons of new DIs, but I love hearing the ready. I know is great. And all this stuff, like I'm learning, talking to you guys, like, wow, this is, I didn't know about some of this stuff. So it's awesome. Come join us, Tully. Come join oh, I love us. it. I like you guys. I keep up with you guys now. I mean, I, I, I like all kinds of gear and all kinds of new things. So it's so awesome. We like, yeah. We like trying to, but, but that makes so much sense what you just said, you know, and, and I think it comes down to, again, your sonic signature starts with you, not the gear. I mean, obviously we're going, we're going down the deep end with gear. I mean, I remember, all of us can probably remember starting out, if you bought a piece of gear, it would make you better. It's like, no, 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 you know, like I'm the, I'm the one making noise with this thing, whatever right. this thing is. So, yeah. Have you guys tried out the, uh, the, the dark glass stuff? I'm an artist with dark glass. Yeah. So they sent me uh, oh. um, a bunch of, let's see what they got. What is this? Toys. Stuff? You got toys. Let's see the toy, Holly. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't tried this stuff out yet, though. Um, what is this? The, uh, the Alpha Omega Ultra? Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. How was that? Yes. Um, you know, I'm running uh, usually the B3K or the B7K, you know? Okay. I have an Omega. But I think, uh, Tully, is that Alpha Omega? Can you put um, impulse responses on that? Can you can you do IRs in that? I don't know. I had not messed with this yet. Got and it. I, I've got one more thing. What else? Yeah. Uh, let's, let's geek. Let's nerd. This guy, again, you guys can help me figure this out. Let's see. Where this is the uh, Microtube B7K. Oh, yeah. I yeah, yeah. What, what do you think of those? I haven't messed with them. Yeah. So I'm this excited to I'm get using lately. I'm excited to get into these, these, these things here. Um, seems like really cool. Yeah. Stuff. The, the quest for the ultimate bass distortion. Boom. It's still. Hmm. So Tony, the, which, yeah. the boxes that Tully has, which that one, not the Alpha Omega, the, the other one, the one in your right hand, I think I, I can't tell if it's flipped, but yeah. Is that the, just, that's the distortion one, right, Tony? There's overdrive in both of those actually. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. But one's got a DI and so forth. Um, so what I noticed about what I got attracted to Dark Glass long time ago, I was on there, one of the first guys to start using their stuff actually. I knew Douglas when, you know, he's just first started getting on talk bass actually. Um, so I, I jumped right on because I heard a bunch of like big muffs and all this other stuff. I'm like, I, I couldn't, I'll just be honest with you. I, I have got nothing to hide. I couldn't bond with any, like every time I heard overdrive on a bass, I'm like, this sounds bad. Right. You know what I mean? Like this doesn't sound like Getty 1980, you know? And then with these guys, I found I didn't lose the low end and I right. dial down the overdrive. And I just talked with Uriah Duffy. He's like, 
you know, the same thing. He's like, people don't know is I, I use dark glass to get that overdrive sound. They're expecting it to go <laughs> sound like a chainsaw. But these things, you can really just dial in a smidge and it's, your tone radically changes, you know. See, I've, al I've always used those old uh, full tone bass drives, the mm. older ones, and the blue box, they're the first mm. ones, I think. And when I use it for mainly is when I record with flat wounds on an old P bass, I'll put a little bit of grit on it because the grit on flat wounds to me really sits in a track. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because what I find a lot like with distortion on bass is it, even if I'm tracking it here at home, if I'm doing something heavier, solo it up and it sounds great. Like you're talking about, you know, trying to get the low end to stay, sounds great. But when it comes to mix, sometimes it can be hard to get everything to sit right if, there's, if, the, if the distortion isn't right on the bass. It's too mm -hmm. much or not, or it's hitting the EQ kind of weird. Um, so I've been looking, like I said, the full tone stuff has been good for me throughout the years, but I've, I've been wanting to try that it, so that I, they sent me this stuff. Maybe that'll be interesting little new flavor, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, oh. I think that Alpha Omega, I, I honestly think that that one will take, I remember reading somewhere that it'll take IRs or you can, you can put stuff in that, which is pretty badass. Yeah. That's I think it does. Yeah, I think it yeah. does. I'm going to check. Yeah, check that. Do a little. I bit. think that's what, um, Killian did. We put an IR in. Yeah. Oh, and that's what he used for the. Yeah. Uh, One of his last tours, he did. He just used that. So Tully, I think you can load some stuff in that and kind of get different. You know, see what they have, or I'm not sure. If it'll Interesting. Take. Yeah, yeah. That. that Mike a DB750 with like an RE20. <laughs> exactly. Uh -oh. Yeah, man, that would be rad. You know what you said about the distortion in the mix. I mean, if you, uh, for me, it's you know listening to those. I mean, James Jamerson. Mm -hmm. you know like those tracks that he did i mean honestly you listen to the bass by itself it sounds like ass it's like oh my god but then you put in that mix and there's a reason why there's some of that distortion oh yeah john you got news for yes us? uh you are correct uh two distinct distortion circuits extremely high dynamic range six band active graphic eq head foot out di and switchable digital impulse response cabinet emulation dude that's right yeah that's that's something else i mean i've heard great things about it um great company yeah Super oh cool. shout out shout out Dark Super cool people great. absolutely um and i always still love i still love this guy this is the aguilar agro oh, yeah. mm -hmm. um that's always dummy right that's fairly it's it's a good aggressive yeah i mean i feel i feel cool when i'm playing it <laughs> you know but it makes you feel cool. That's makes it. Makes you feel cool, which I like. Uh, now, uh, tell you going on stage when you go on touring. Are you bringing a, a pedal board at all, or is it? Yeah, just, you are. No, oh. a pedal board. Um, I have a Dunlop Wah. I always love the Wah. Um, Michael Rhodes. You guys know Michael Rhodes is yeah. he's a great bass player yeah. now. Oh, yeah. Yep, absolutely. Probably just Michael Rhodes is like a, a Swiss Army knife of bass. Like he can play any style. Absolutely. But I don't think people know that. Like he's, I've heard him play on modern rock, jazz, fusion. Yeah. Anyway, great. He's, he's, I owe a lot to that guy. Um, he got me into the walk like back in, God, I don't know, 15 years ago, maybe even more at this point, 20 years ago. But I like using the Dunlop walk. It's kind of smooth transitioning from like the effect 
out of the effect. So on a live session, on a demo session where you don't have time to spend a lot of time punching in and out, you can use it on a bridge and come out before the last chorus or use it on a breakdown chorus and not hear the transition from the effect to the true note, you know? Um, so I use, I use those, um, an old, old boss chorus. I'm just can't get away from occasionally. Mm -hmm. uh, an Aguilar, uh, the octave pedal. Yeah, it's um, great octave. That guy right there. Yeah. That's my favorite pedal of yep. all time. And that's- Those track, that. those track really pure with the octave. Like it's-, it's They do, yeah. Uh, and a uh, full couple full you know full tone bass drives um, and uh, yeah and, and I have a couple of pedals I have an EQ pedal on there too if I'm if I'm when I play an old P bass that night you know I'll just you know juice up the level with that but not a ton I keep finding myself taking little things and I'll change them around and try new things out but um, you know kind of mm -hmm. got my go to sounds out there and again for me it's about trying to be consistent night to night with what our front of house guys doing. I don't, I don't want to play new bass randomly and with levels and, or throw a new pedal on. And because what comes out, like I said, like what I've tried to do is like, what sounds good in your in-ears and you could, you could put this pedal on and it like, wow, it's just sounding amazing on this right here, but out in an arena with 18,000 people, it may not be coming out of there. Like you think it is. So, what we do is we record every show and then when he goes in the next arena or next shed, he plays last night's show to see how the bass is responding to that place. Oh, okay. I, I can go out there and, and say, you know, like on a bridge of some song, I tried a new pedal. When I go out there, I realize it's not translating right or at all or too much. So it's a constant balance, the live big venue thing more than the old club days where you know it's coming off the amp is making it out 100 feet, you know? Mm -hmm. um, what's coming out of this giant PA uh, in an arena going into the rafters can be, can be different. So I always like to, I spend most of my time tinkering with that, like going out before sound check and saying, okay, I need to turn up this effect here because I'm not hearing it or I'm, or I'm hearing it too much. So and that alters what you hear in your ears, but that's, that's the give and take of big venue type stuff like that, you know? Cause in the old days, you know, you guys, you know, didn't have in ears. Sure. So you're still hearing your rig, you know, but now everything's so in your head that it's hard to tell how much you're actually getting going to get out there. Yeah. You know, yeah, kind of fun though. Fun. Front of the house, man. You have to trust those guys, you know? Yeah. And he'll tell me too, like, dude, that distortion's too much or dude, turn it up a little bit more. And I'll be like, God, I'm killing it. Well, he goes, turn it up more. Cause out here it's not. So it's constant give and take and mm -hmm. that, you know, which is fun. I love that part of it. I love it. You know? So nice to have a guy that wants to get it right. Hell yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, a lot more fun in the studio messing with that stuff because it translates immediately to the track. Mm -hmm. You yep. can really hear it. Like I love the wah, the Dunlop wah, like in a track. It just, it's, it's so much fun. So I probably overuse it, but I won't. <laughs> well. now I'm intrigued. Like, hmm, that's very. Cool. Oh yeah, the Dunlop wah is like, it was the first one that I loved because it was like you didn't have to stomp on it to turn the button on and off. 
Huh. It's all touch. It's just touch sensitive. So you just touch it and it's on, you release it and you don't have to stomp on it. So, cause what would happen is on an old wall, like you'd stomp on it and you could hear it through the track in the studio. Yeah. You could hear stomping. it. Through. Now you just, you just don't, it, it takes a minute to get like the settings right on it. Sure. The amount of wah, the volume of the wah. But once you get that magic spot, lots of fun. That's cool. Yeah. Nice. Is that a Wilkins bass back there? Yeah. I love, I love Pat Wilkins. Pat's one of the oh, yeah. Shout out Pat Wilkins. This Pat is Wilkins. DJ. Ooh. When are you sending me that? Go ahead and send me that. I will send it <laughs> to you. Yes. Yeah, this is, um, I have um, the four string, this one, and then I have a five string version. Okay, I'm going to take credit for something. You see how close that, that J pickup? I have a theory. Okay. You see where that J pickup is? Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take credit. Me and Pat talked about that like eight years ago. I said, you got to move that J pickup just a little bit yeah. in from the bridge because it's too tinny. Yeah, that's a great. That's Pat. I love Pat. Oh, Pat's Pat is yeah. Pat's a buddy. We had mm-hmm. him on that show, and he, um, I mean, talk about one of one of the the nicest guys, and so good for for this community. He's and the amount of stuff that he's done, man. He's you know Schechter, LA Guitar Works, and yeah. And he's finished for everybody, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. Roger, Sadowski, I mean, everybody. And he, does, he does my lulls. Yeah, all lulls. my lulls. Yeah, and I, I worked for him uh, when he first started the road-tested stuff. And I actually have the prototype five-string PJ of that. And then I have the four, but... Is that a white one or black one? Uh, the black one is the, the, the five. So I had that bass. I have it. You oh, have it. I had it. I had oh, it for a minute. Yeah, uh, this is a different black one. I don't know. This one, I don't know. It might be. I don't know. I don't know. I, I pull it out, Steve. You want me to pull it out? I'll pull it out. <laughs> pull the bass out. Right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Add a disclaimer. <laughs> oh, what's what's Tony pulling out now? No, it's nothing like in the vintage. It's, I, I I thought it was going to be my new low, well, my new old low. Oh, the PJ one? But these guys have played this one. It's just the TP5. That's it. Yeah, look. Yeah, that's that's a killer bass, man. This is the prototype that, yeah. And, dude, this thing, it it has weird anomalies here and there, but these guys have played it. This low B is, this is the one that I judge all low Bs on, you know? And the neck neck contour of that feels good, too. And I'm not usually a fan of 34s. I like the 35s. So yeah. like, that's one of the reasons why I went with Mike Lowe, but I like that bass. Yeah, those are those are the money, like, recording. Oh, well, you know Eric Halbig, right, Tully? Bear Wall, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Eric's my boy. I've known him forever, one of my closest right. friends. I did a couple of sessions for him, and I used that Wilkins. And it was, he's like, dude, what did you do? And I just used the Wilkins, ready, sent him a wave and dropped it in and it worked great. So that's yeah. great. Good I love, stuff. I love Pat, Pat, Pat's a special human. <laughs> oh, absolutely, man. Mm-hmm. One, of the, one of the nicest guys. And he's, you know, he listens, well, for one, he's a player. So he plays all the stuff. He knows what's up, but he listens to artists, you know, he's, he, you know, which Roger does, which we talked to Jim Bergen, yeah. you know, the other day he does, you know, it's really great to, to have these guys really listen to, what you know you would do or any one of us would yeah. do and, and take it seriously because sometimes we don't get taken seriously with some 
you know, I feel he, he, yeah, he's he's the best. Yeah. Best. He, he's repaired stuff for me and yeah. just <laughs> killer. So. He's good people. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Well, so tell me what um coming out of the quarantine and stuff, you guys are going to the studio. Do you guys have any tentative dates set up or man i would i would um venture to say that the back end of the tour won't happen okay um just because of the way that this is uh the way we tour is like big promotion companies live nation does our tours yeah yeah um and i think until everybody has a handle on what exactly is going on i don't think you're going to see any massive events um scheduled and i think so I don't think we'll be touring again until 2021, which is unfortunate, but we, you know, we got 17 shows in, in the winter, which we hadn't toured in the winter time in probably 10 years. And randomly we decided to do it. Um, we got 17 in, we lost the last three, but I feel blessed enough that we got those in because a lot of tours hadn't even gotten up and running yet. They were right. supposed to start, you know, start in April, May, um, so yeah, the big venue stuff, you know, the way we tour, it's like, um, you know, until you see like you know, hockey and baseball and the sports, basketball come back, that's, that's where we play are those yeah. venues. So, you know, like, uh, I thought that there was a tentative football, like football was going to, I think September, they have some games where they're not going to have uh, people in the stands, but they're going to yeah. play and obviously take precautions, you know, so I sure I sure hope that we have some sort of uh, Treatment thing or something so that we you know, we can get back to To that that's part of our As being Americans and our great culture is like this big big events, right? And then yeah. hopefully that we're on the hopefully we're gonna turn the corner here um, yeah. So, I yeah think so. You know, I mean, this is kind of weird scenario on this my guitar player was talking to Neil Sean the other day of all people and okay. uh, Neil had a he, he said keep your eyes on this state which is nice but at the same time like well that seems far away uh, he was telling Filoni Joe Filoni's like watch 2022 hmm. he said that's when everything will be back to uh, sure hope it's before then <laughs> I yeah. do too that sounds I mean, like really really far I think, away I think it'll I think it'll be before then maybe Maybe 2022 is more the thing of everything is back 100%. I, I think that's what he was in. That's what Joe said. He goes, I think he was getting at like everything the way that it basically pseudo was. Hmm. You know? Yeah. Again, I hope it's before then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, there's got to be some I stuff wish it was like a tomorrow. I'm not afraid of this whole thing. You know, I think well, Tony, you, you started, you have a, a gig next week, right? Starting up. Uh, well, oh, it's, 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 School studio, yeah. I have sessions all next week, which I'm, I'm excited about. Yeah. But I mean, th if there's seven, eight people in and out of the building, you know, right? Probably the most, you know. I want to. I want theater again, man. I yeah. want. I want my job back. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think if we can, uh, even a treatment, you know, not necessarily a, a, a vaccine, but as a proven treatment mm -hmm. i think we'll get back i just hopefully uh hopefully before 2022 that yeah that's, that's not fun to hear i don't like neil's prediction i don't like neil's prediction either yeah there you oh, go. Neither, neither did I. down to neil's prediction <laughs> big negative there you Boom. go oh man 
Well, cool, boys. Any other, uh, anything else? Can I wrap it up or? Um... Let's do this again. I love this. Dude, let's oh, do dude, it absolutely. Tell them we'd love to have you on again. And we had, you know, it's great that you're a nerd on this. Story. I'm a nerd. I, yeah. I can bring out some, some old bases and talk bases and I, I love it. Just let me know whenever. You guys are great. So you guys are doing great things for the base community. Oh. Thank you. Oh, thank you. It means a lot. Really, I was excited to come on and do it. And that's right. Guys, you guys know what you're talking about, which is a, which is a blast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm just happy, you know, you're busy. And, and I know every time I ping you and stuff, dude, you're always recording in the studio. I'm like, hell yeah, man. It's like, you know, I, it, that's awesome. I, I'm just so glad. And, you know, it's obviously so well-deserved, man. You're great. Well, and like you guys, awesome. we're all, we're all love talking bass and playing bass and let's uh, hang out when we can and do this again. And anytime yeah. we talk shop. Oh, um, well, let's just do one thing just in case. Yes. I don't know what's going on in January. Some people have talked about, I'm telling this to all the different people that are sitting on. Nam might be happening and might not be happening, but Kerry Nordstrand had a great idea. Let's do something no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm in. Cool. Tell me. Boom. Yeah, we'll do it, man. And and Tully, so where can people find you? Social media and social? Do you have a... I mainly, I, I mainly operate off Instagram. Okay. So just Tully Kennedy Instagram. And, and uh, you know, I love talking base. I love... I. I you know, I've, I've, I can't get enough of this kind of thing. So That's awesome. You know. Well, the, you know, it, it's talking to, you know, experts and you're an, just, you know, you've been doing this for a long time and you have so much experience. It's really, uh, it's really awesome to, you know, just talking shit with you and talking shop. It's awesome. It's, it's a blast for me because just yeah. the in, ins and outs of it and the things that I've, things that I've, I know now that I wish I knew 20 years ago when I was starting to record and the different dynamic of recording with different artists and, you know, I remember recording with, with Jewel, and I remember yeah. being, you know, the way that she would work <laughs> in, in that environment versus working with, with a different artist, you know, or, or, you know, it's like, it's, it's fun. That's the fun part for me, yeah. figuring out what people need on their tracks and the parts and coming up with them quick and the tones and the different gadgets that I don't, I don't always know what's new. I, I, I like getting set in my ways. <laughs> like so talking to you guys like you reminded me of the ready which is i lost that in the flood so i'm gonna i'm gonna go i make good another one because of that just because like i forgot how much that that sounded sounded great sounds good you know? yeah john you with, with GHS strings is is crazy man oh like, thank you thank you having having a bass player bring new string ideas is like that's it's, it's not just somebody saying here's some strings you know Right. So you guys you guys are all great, man. Let me know whenever. So thanks so it's much. It's been a pleasure, man. It's great meeting you. You're the best, Tully. So at this time I usually say we're gonna say goodbye to the public, but hang on, because that's when we really talk shit. Yeah. <laughs> so Tully, you're the best. Thank you so much. We're gonna say bye to the audience, but hang on. Do not hang up. Big bottom crew, Tully Kennedy, check him out. Boom, 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 boom. Goodbye, public. <laughs>